Good morning and welcome everyone. We're glad that you're with us today on this Easter Sunday and we are going to have a full hour today for you. We have a lot of special singing. Uh, Miss Kristen's here today. Brother Jonathan's going to be singing and to start out the service, Brother Steve's going to come and have prayer for us. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning as we call on you, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for this day. We want to thank you, Lord, for this Easter morning, Lord. Thank you, dear God, that we do serve a risen Savior. Father, as we celebrate this Easter season, Lord, we're reminded a few days ago, a week ago, Lord, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, Lord, how you rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, Lord. Father, there's waving palm leaves and twigs and branches and singing Hosanna. And yet, Lord, in a few days you was tried. And he nailed you to a cross, Lord. And Father, as they drove the nails in your hands, spikes in your feet, Lord, all mankind was on your mind. Thank you, dear God, for all you've done. And then, Lord, they took you down, and he stuck you in a tomb. And they rolled a big rock, Lord, they thought that was going to hold you. But Father, as believers, we know no grave is going to hold you down. And Lord, we do thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And Father, we are needy people, Lord. As you look across our land, our nation, as well as other nations, we're stricken with this disease. And Lord, we know, Lord, that you allowed it. We're not asking why. We are asking, Lord, that maybe people realize when all hope is gone, they will turn to you, Lord. Father, there's been thousands of people lost. We do pray for the families left behind. We just pray, Lord, they realize that you are God, and they'll call on you. Father, we do thank our church family, Lord. There's probably some here, Lord, that needs a touch from you. We thank you, Jamie. Father, we just pray, Lord, you'll be with her and Larry and Jeannie, Lord. And Father, not only those, Lord, but I'm sure there's others that need a touch from you, Lord, physical or spiritual, Lord. You know all needs, Lord, and I bring them to you just now. And Lord, I pray for the pastor, Lord, as he brings forth the message. Lord, just lay the words upon his lips, Lord, Father, that everyone may hear, Lord, the message for the day. And Father, they may realize, Lord, what this Easter is all about, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for the, the, the uh, people here leading the songs, Lord, just be of them, Lord, and music. Again, we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Steve. I have a couple announcements I want to give everybody this morning. Uh, our Sunday School Director, Miss Ashley, is going to be doing a Children's Church uh, program today at 2 o'clock through Skype. So if you uh, would like to be part of that, you can uh, get hold of Miss Ashley and she can get the link to you. Uh, if you don't have her information, just let me know uh, and I will get it to you today. Uh, also, uh, for the food, we've been asking for some prepackaged snacks. Uh, we have gotten a lot in and a lot has went out. Uh, we've gotten some to uh, a couple of local law enforcement agencies and uh, to the hospital here. Uh, so if anybody, while you're out, not asking you to make any special trips, but while you're out, if you wanted to pick up a box or two of that or some cases of water and drop it off at the church during regular business hours, uh, we would greatly appreciate it and we will get that uh, to them. So we are grateful for everything uh, and for the opportunities to be able to convey the love of Jesus Christ uh, and the gospel. And again, for being with us today, we thank you. And Miss Kristen is here to sing a song for us. And the title is, O Savior, Thou Who Wearest a Crown. 
Jonathan's going to come. We're going to sing, uh, grab your hymnals, 357, Christ Arose. Christ Arose. going to come and sing a song for us now uh, entitled Rise Again. Keep me in the ground. 
go ahead mock my name my love for you is still the same go ahead and bury me but very soon I will be Go ahead and say I'm dead and gone, but you will see that you were wrong. Go ahead and try to hide the sun, but all will see that I'm the one. All right, if you will, take your copy of God's Word this morning and let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to cover verses 1 to 10 this morning. The title of the message is Investigating My First Easter Sunday. Why did the Lord give that title to me? The first Easter Sunday that you celebrated was not the Easter Sunday after your salvation. It was 2,000 years ago. For born-again believers in Jesus Christ, this is why we come together every year uh, at this time to host and to hold uh, our Easter service, Uh, but we need to realize that this was our first Easter. Now, with this study today, uh, there is much more to Easter than just the Easter story. And typically when we come together, that's what we do. We talk about the Easter story. We talk about Jesus rising from the grave. And we know uh, of this, this week that we have just had, the last week of, of Jesus' life as we have recognized that. Uh, and we think, well, you know, his life, his death, uh, his burial and his resurrection, and it kind of it stops there for a lot of people. We just think that, well, let's just digest an hour's worth of service on Easter Sunday, and then let's go out and do a little bit of Easter egg hunting, and you know, maybe get the families together and do you know, Easter lunch and things like that. But there's just a whole lot more to this uh, Easter Sunday than just this one thing. And this is what I want to bring to you today, and I hope it's a blessing to you, and I hope you get something out of it. I hope that your life and your mind changes about Easter uh, after today. Uh, because why I want to give this one simple thing is this is that if we celebrate Easter uh, and it just begins and ends with the resurrection then we miss out on the purpose of the resurrection and our part in it 
So there, there's a whole lot more detail in these 10 verses, and that's why the Lord's led me here today. And again, I hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, and as we get into Matthew 28, I want to give you this statement that the Lord gave to me yesterday afternoon. Me, myself, and in my heart, as a Christian, I wish the gospel would receive half of the exposure that the COVID-19 is getting right now. In a time when people are talking so much about and concerned over sickness and death, Shouldn't we be interviewing the great physician and hearing what he has to say about health and life? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day and this time that we have gathered together. We thank you most of all for your word. Father, as we can come gather together in the name of Jesus Christ for this purpose, and Father, that we do celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. But Father, I pray that our hearts and our minds will not be settled in that one understanding that he was victoriously over the grave. But there was a purpose behind it. There was a reason behind it. It wasn't just that Jesus came, lived and died and rose again and the story stops. Father, Lord, when Jesus rose again, the story began for us. And that's when the great accountability of the gospel that has been pressed upon every heart of every believer in Jesus Christ today, as it was 2,000 years ago, as he gave to the disciples and as he gives to the disciples of today, which is each of us, that Lord, that we take responsibility for and as we uh, take upon ourselves the ideas of what Easter is. And I know that today is a great day and, and today is a day that many people look forward to every year. But Lord, I pray that we challenge our hearts today to figure out exactly what is important about Easter for us what is important about this particular day and does this day begin at midnight and does it end at eleven fifty nine tonight where does the easter celebration begin and end for each of us and father i pray that as we examine this text today that we do so that we would open our minds and our lives to you to realize and understand not just the relevance of the resurrection but also the relevance of the resurrection in our daily life with you so help us to walk with you help us to talk with you Help us to witness to others about you and help us to be confident in it. And I thank you again for this text today. What a blessing it's going to be as it has already been. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. All right, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher, which was the tomb. In verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now in verse 2, I want to give you four particular points uh, when it comes down to what it is that's actually taking place at this time. I'm going to first give you God's moving, God's speaking, God's promise, and God's power revealed. So we see in the text here, and it says there was a great earthquake. This great earthquake was something that God used to awaken the minds of the hearts of people. This is something that God has used throughout history. This is not a new revelation. This is not a new tactic that God has used here. That this great earthquake that has taken place is something that we see back in the book of Exodus. It's something... <clears throat> It is something that we see and we have read many times in the book of Revelation of things to come. God many times has used the things of the world to arouse the suspicion and the mind and the heart about God and who He is. So we see this great earthquake. There is this great awakening. And also in the rest of, as we move on in the verse, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Who was this? This angel was this great messenger of God. This great powerful messenger that came with the 
authority of God because the text says, and Matthew writes that He came from heaven, so it gives you the God speaking through the messenger angel. And we move on to the sea, and, and it says, and, it, and He came and He rolled back uh, the stone from the door. This is God's promise. What is this promise? Is that the angel... Now listen to this. This is something that we need to understand today. If we're going to celebrate Easter and we're going to celebrate the resurrection, we need to understand this one very powerful point is that the angel did not come and roll the stone away to release Jesus. It was to allow people into the tomb to realize that He was actually resurrected. So we need to understand, it's very vital that we understand that because if we think the angel came, then Jesus was still bound by the grave. Jesus was already gone. Jesus had already risen from the grave. That was for the benefit of mankind, just as we'll see in the text. That as they went to examine the tomb, that the tomb was empty. Jesus had power over the tomb. He had power over the death. He had power over the stone that was in front of the tomb itself. Jesus arose. And it's vitally important to understand that because if we do not understand this one particular point, we're not going to understand the rest of exactly what is Easter about. What is the preservation of life? What is the existence of life? What is the existence of life to come in eternity? If we don't understand this one point, then we're going to miss the rest of it. And I love at the end of verse 2 when he says, uh, and he sat upon it. Now we all know from being kids that when we was playing uh, with other kids, and we was wrestling around, the way you found victory was that you was on top of them, right? Absolutely. And many times as boys rolling around, we did the same thing that when we got on top of somebody and we held them down, that we knew that we was the victor, that, that we had already had victory and the person that was there was, was, was in subjection to our authority. And I love this one point about, this, uh, about here that he moved, the angel moved the door and he sat upon it. Have you ever really thought about that? Have you really taken the time to think about that that how the angel was sitting there when when mary the, the marys came and and saw the tomb as they went to prepare the body for for uh, permanent internment that that when they came that they see you know the stone and and the bible's going and matthew's account is going to, to reveal here in just a few moments about uh the messenger himself and we're going to give you a couple different points with that so you can understand why the angel and why did matthew bring about what he looked like but can you imagine that the angel setting there not just what he is not just the lightning and just not the bright uh, raiment uh, of his clothing looking like snow it was more than that that he showed victory he showed power and he showed encouragement so those are the four points of verse two let's look at verse three and it says his countenance talking about the angel his countenance was like lightning it was very bright uh, and you can imagine in the early morning just as the sun is peeking up above the horizon you can only imagine that here even though still there's part of the world that is dark and part of the area of, of, of the burial tomb that is still dark, you see this angel sitting on top of the stone and he, he it's like lightning. I mean, he is very bright. He's very vibrant. I mean, he's standing out. Uh, you know, when you look at the when you look at the uh, uh, the totality of the area and, and, and the tomb and, and what's going on at this particular time. So he was bright and yet he proves here as Matthew's account and he says his raiment was white as snow. Talk 
talking about the purity of God and of Jesus Christ. If you don't understand, this is another important part of the, of the Easter story that we really don't pay much attention to. Because here the angel did not come and the angel did not just do these things, but because his brightness and his raiment was white as snow, it proved that the authority that Christ had spoken about, that he was going to go to the grave, but he was going to rise three days later, the messenger angel that God had sent at this particular time, that he was living and proving the existence of the power and the purity of God and that of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? And this is something you need to take more time to study and to understand. So let's just move on to verse 4. And he said, and for fear of him, and for fear of him, I'll explain this in a second. And for fear of him, the keeping did, or the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Now these are the soldiers, the Roman soldiers that were there. And why is Matthew, why is his account so important here? Well, it plays a big role in starting in verse 11, but here it was the gospel was presented not only to those that were coming to the tomb to do the final interment of Jesus Christ, but also those unbelieving guards that were standing there. The gospel touches everybody. There's a man, the gospel message is all through these 10 verses that the gospel is not specific just to the saved because you have to realize and remember that everybody that was that is saved was once lost. The gospel message is for everybody. There's a great in-depth understanding of the story, what is taking place here. So the word fear, and this is something that I want you to focus on really quick this morning, is, is paying attention to the word fear in verse 4 because also the angel uses the word fear in verse 5 and it has two separate meanings. Now this verse in verse 4 says, And for fear of him the keepers did shake and came as dead men. This means that the Roman soldiers, that they themselves, that this fear that that Matthew uses this in, a, in this account here in verse 4 is a, is a, a, a fear it's a, it's being so scared that you can't move it's being so scared that you can't talk it's being it's being so captivated by what's in front of you that you can't you can't move you can't interpret it you can't process it other than it's just something that <clears throat> other than it is something that brings great fear to the flesh and to the mind and to the heart. But, and it's important to understand that is because that is exactly how the gospel message is reached today. Many people today, when we convey the gospel message to them, they get very scared. They get very frightful. They don't want anything to do with it. Even though they're standing there and they're captivated, they're not listening to what the gospel message is. And this right here is an indicative understanding of how people yet even today deal with and process the fear of the gospel but they were as dead men they weren't moving they were just so captivated by what they have seen by what they're seeing they haven't even seen the empty tomb yet the only thing they're seeing is this angel sitting on a rock that's all that they're seeing at this particular point so what are they afraid of it goes back to verse 3 when it talks about the brightness of his appearance but also the authority by which he came now you need to understand that it's not just the appearance of the angel because when he talks about at the end of verse 3 about his raiment white as snow, it wasn't just the appearance of the angel, it was the authority by which he represented is what brought fear to their minds and to their hearts. But in verse 5, and the angel answered and said unto the women, well, it, it's, I love this text. I love this part of the text because nothing's been said. 
Nothing has been said by, by the Marys that have come to the tomb. There's no conversation that is going on. There's no, there, there's no dialogue between the angel and between Mary, the Marys yet. Nothing is going on. So what is the angel doing? The angel is representing and he is answering the questions of the heart of these two women. And not only of these two women, but also you have to realize and remember that the guards are still here. That they're still part of this scenario, this, this time that's actually going on. So when the angel says, and he answered and said unto the women, he says, fear ye not. This fear is a different fear than what we just read in verse 4. This is a reverential fear. This is an awe fear. You can have fear as the word of God teaches us. You can have fear and not be fearful. Amen. We can have fear, but not be fearful, but we can be fearful and have fear. And this is a difference here that because they have come, they have heard the res about the resurrection. Jesus himself has prophesied in three days, I'm going to rise from the grave. And yet, uh, as they have come to the grave, as they came to the grave, these Marys came to the grave, not to see the resurrected Christ or the evidence of a resurrected Christ. They came to do a final interment of the flesh to the tomb. There's a great indifference to those two points they should have come just as every one of us we should have come to church today no matter where we're at worshiping today we don't come today to worship an empty tomb we come to worship the victor christ that walked out of the tomb before the stone was even rolled away and this is what the angel is saying to the marys and he says simply this he says fear ye not for i know that you seek jesus which was crucified there's an answer. This is again, it's an answering of the heart. It's an answering of the mind. It's an answering of the conscience. It's an answering of the absolute uh, revelation of God and the power of God that allowed Jesus Christ to step out of the grave and to have victory over the grave. Now let's look here in verses, uh, verse 6. So verse 5 and verse 6 brings about a point of gospel celebration. So let me just read verse 5 and go into verse 6. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear ye not, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. Here the celebration continues in verse 6 and he says, He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come see the place where the Lord, Lord lay. What is he saying? He's not saying he's still there. He says, listen, I understand you're human. You have a mind and a heart that needs to be, that needs to be touched, that your eyes, your senses need to understand. You need to walk into this cold, dark cave and you need to be able to see where the Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, where he laid at and, and pay attention to this because it's vitally important to understand because this is the point here right after this verse is when the whole Easter message begins to change, not just from the resurrected Christ but the purpose of the resurrected Christ and the role that we play in that so he says you need to come in I need you this now listen to what the angel saying and you know the Lord still does this to us today we may not be going to the empty tomb that's not what I'm talking about there are times in our life when God has proven himself to us countless times time and time and time and time again that when he has proven himself to us that is the spiritual awakening so when Jesus actually speaks to us and he asked us to do something for him and asked us to make a movement in his name and for his heavenly purpose then the evidence has already been given the proof has been seen the evidence has been heard everything has been laid out into your life so when you press forward with the gospel message you have all 
fear, reverential fear, you have that awe of God and you do it with clarity and with confidence and you move forward with Him in the complacency of what He's asked you to do. See, we don't hear about this on the Easter Sunday mornings. We don't. We, we read the first few verses and we want to expound upon those few verses and we think, well, it just ends there. It can't end there. The Easter message can't end there because if it does, as I said earlier, Easter is going to end five minutes after we walk out of church or five minutes after we stop listening to this message. Easter is nothing more than just a particular time of the year that when we come together to celebrate a risen Savior, but we don't realize and understand the sustainable purpose by which He rose for us as individuals. Let's look at verse 7. And here we see the gospel message. And I love this. And this is something that is very quick for us to understand. It is something that we need to understand uh, here today. And the verse three words of the verse says, and go quickly. Now I want to just take just a moment. Here, the angel has already come. They already understand and know. Now realize, you're taking this from a Christian point of view. You understand that Jesus has prophesied of His death, burial, and resurrection. They have come to the tomb. Their eyes and their ears have seen and heard yet the Gospel message. That, that Gospel presentation, the ultimate presentation. This presentation, pay attention to this. This presentation had never ever taken place at any other time in the existence of man until this moment. This is the first time of this calling for the gospel message to be reached out. And he says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. We say, well, they had faith and belief. Well, there's been many times in the, word, in the gospel's account of that, that after Christ arose, the disciples, some of the disciples still didn't believe. They still didn't believe that Jesus Christ had arose. You remember the story of Doubting Thomas. We're not going to there. He was one of them that said that he believed, that he understood, but he didn't. So let me tell you what, and this is why it's vitally important for us to understand that just because somebody calls themselves a Christian does not mean that they're saved. Sometimes we need to repeat the Easter story and the Easter message to the people. That, and let me, tell you, let me just say this quickly. If somebody gets mad at you, because you give them the gospel message through the Easter story, then that should be an awakening to you to understand that maybe this person's actually not saved. Does that make sense? Let's move on. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Why? Because they've seen it, they've heard it, they, they, they've been uh, uh, presented with it. And he says, and behold, and behold. Now here's the continuance of the calling of the quick, going quickly, the moving forward. He said, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. So the angel that came from heaven, that came with the authority of God, that moved the stone out of the way, that, that, when Mary, the Marys came and they saw him, when the, when the Roman soldiers saw the angel, here the angel says that because I have tantalized, because I have touched, because I have moved the mind and the heart of man, now let the Spirit follow by going quickly. And he says, and you need to go tell them that you're going to see him in Galilee. And he says, trust me when I tell you so. Amen. Now, let me just plug in one little thing here quickly. Brothers and sisters, there's times when we're going to convey a gospel message and there's times when we need to tell that person that's lost without Jesus Christ as the Spirit moves our hearts and we need to go to them and simply say, the Lord has sent me to you and this is His message for you. Does that make sense? 
It's not just good enough to give the message. You need to give a personal message. You need to give an accountability message. You need to give a hope message. And here we see in, in verse 7, and this is the, the, the Easter the, the, that ignited this great movement. This is the movement. Just listen to this really quick. This is a movement that's been going on for over 2,000 years. This gospel message through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this movement is still going. It hasn't been stopped, nor can it ever be stopped. This just ignited the great movement of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we convey to everybody that is willing to listen and to believe. Let's look at verse 8. And I'm going to give you three quick points with this because I want you to see what it is that we were reading here. And with this appointment of go ye quickly, and let's see what Matthew says. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy now you have to understand they listened to the angel they said listen you need to go quickly you need to be on the task you need to do what you're needing to do because understand this there is an appointed time for everything and there is an appointed time for us to be able to minister to and pay attention to this there's a lot of times that when the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit of God is moving us to go somewhere pay attention to this it's not always about who you're going to meet but it's who you're representing and who you're going to worship while you're getting there. Now here's the great awakening of this great Easter Sunday morning. So realize and don't get to a point in a place, and we're going to see this as we get into verse 9, that we, we don't just do what He's asking us to do, and there's no profitable value for us and what we need to be doing with it. But He says, and they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Now what is this fear and great joy? Now, now this, is, this is an amazing point uh, in this text. We say, how can you have fear but yet have great joy? Have you ever been in a, in a situation to where you have you have been captivated by some good news, but while when you was running to tell the person, you had no idea how you was going to tell them? Amen. There was something great in your life, something that you had been blessed with, and there was something that, that you had received into your life and your mind and your heart and into your world. Just all the parables of who you are and the parameters of who you are, and you needed to go tell your wife or your husband or a brother or mom or dad or something. And, and as you're going, it's not that you're not grateful for the message. You're like, man, how do I tell this person? How do I go and convey this message? How are they going to receive this message that I have? This information... This does that sound like witnessing? Yes, amen, it does. I mean, how many times that, that we go and we're saved and, and we accept Jesus Christ as a young person or at any age, and all of a sudden you want to go tell your friends all about Jesus. All of the friends that you were out partying with and running around with and doing all the things that you was doing, and you've come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, and you're excited and you're motivated, and you're like, man, praise God, I've been set free from my sins, and I can't wait to tell my friends about Jesus Christ because the Lord loves me and I love Him, and because I love all of my family and friends, I want to convey that gospel. And is this making sense? This is the fear of what they were dealing with at this moment. This is why you see great fear and great joy. But they did, but they did run to bring his disciples' word. They did not allow the fear to slow them down. Amen. Because one does fight against the other one. One will combat the other one if we give it its place. Let's look at verse 9. And as they went uh, to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell, all hell. 
And they came and held him by uh, the feet and they worshiped him. So as we see that they met Jesus along the way. Now, this is what I was just conveying to you a moment ago. So many times we think that when Jesus is sending us on an appointment, when he's sending us somewhere, that the only thing that's going to happen during the time that you start, that you go quickly, and the time that you reach these people, as, as Mary's was dealing with here, going to the disciples, we think so many times that the only person that we're going to encounter was the person at the end when you meet the appointment. But here, the gospel message is very clear. Do you and I need encouragement when we're witnessing to people? Yes. And I don't care if you're driving down the road, if you're going next door. I don't care where, I don't care if you're walking down an aisle at a grocery store or at a department store and you run across somebody and you may know them and they ask you, say, listen, I've been really thinking a lot about this Christian faith that you have. Can you tell me a little bit more about your faith? Can you tell me why you believe in Jesus Christ? Can you tell me why that you believe that he was a man that he lived died and rose again can you tell me and explain to me why he is the only way can you just please explain these things to me because i want to know your jesus better i don't know about you but brothers and sisters at that very moment i need jesus to help me there's time i can give a personal witness and i don't have a problem with it. i love telling people about my salvation experience but let me tell you what there's times that when the flesh gets in the way when that fear and joy does come together and there's times that we need to experience and to encounter the spirit of god in every single moment and every movement that we have everything that we do every place that we go when we go to bed at night when we wake up in the morning when we go to the doctor's office when we go to work when we go to the store when we see somebody we know when we encounter a stranger we've never seen before may never see again we need the power of the persistence of the spirit of god to move us in a way that only he can so stop worrying and thinking about well i need to go tell this person and i'm glad to go tell them and i want to tell them about, about jesus but don't let fear get in the way of the persistence of faith does that make sense verse 10 then said Jesus unto them, he said, be not afraid. Be not afraid. What is, what is Jesus saying? Now we've already seen here in verse 9 where they have encountered Christ. And Jesus says, all hell, this means peace. Let all peace be upon you. Here's your, here's your calling. Here's your persistence. Here's your encounter. This is what you are. This is who you are. This is where you're going. He says, I need you to be in reverence, but I need you to be in a respectful place of your mind and in your heart. He says, and at the moment that Jesus Christ spoke out, when he said those two words of all hell, many things happened. Number one, they knew it was Jesus. Number two, they wanted to worship him because number three, they realized he was in the grave and now he's not. So yet the gospel message has been proven by the flesh of Jesus Christ. And yet they found it in their hearts to, to drop themselves to the ground and to grab him by the feet and worship him. That's one of the things, and I've said it for years, the one thing that I cannot wait to do is when I see Jesus Christ is bend my knee and kiss his feet. 
That's the one thing that I cannot wait to do. When I see my Lord and Savior and I see those nail-scarred feet and that nail-scarred, those nail-scarred hands, I want to bow at His feet. I bow at His feet now. I submit to His authority and His presence now. I want to do the same thing. I praise God that we all want to do that. That we all find a place of humility and a place of humbling. And Jesus, after all of this has taken place in verse 10, He said unto them, He says, Be not afraid. What is he talking about? He says, remove all doubt. Now, can I take just a few seconds and go back at verse one? Not going to read it again, but all of the things. Isn't it amazing? So many times we look at people in the Bible and we hold them accountable for a lack of faith. And yet so many times we have the exact same lack of faith that they did. And we want to point fingers at them. And we was well, Jesus was with you. You worked, you know, you, you, you labored beside of him. You know, you ate beside of him. You saw the miracles. You saw this. You saw, so have we. And matter of fact, we, so we've seen more after his death, burial, and resurrection as Christians under grace than these people saw at that time because they were seeing him with their eye. We've got him inside of our hearts. There's a greater witness. There's a greater understanding. He says, so remove all doubt. Jesus understands and we need to understand. Jesus can't take doubt away. Jesus can't remove doubt. Satan puts it in. We put it in into our own prospects, into our own life and into our own circumstances. But Jesus here says, remove all doubt. He says, you need to understand that I have proven to you by word. I have proven to you by deed, meaning coming out of the grave. And he says, I have proven to you by sight. What more do you need to believe? What more do I have to do for you? What more do you need to see? What more do you need to hear? What more do you need to smell? What more do you need to experience? What more do I need to do for you that you will stop doubting me and start conveying and living the gospel message by which I came, lived, died, and rose again for? What is it going to take for you to wake up and for you to accept the truth of what your calling is by my resurrection? That's exactly what he's saying, because he simply says, remove all doubt. And he says, and go tell thy brethren that they go to or that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. The one other part of this that I love absolutely is when we think about this. Jesus Christ himself says, listen, you need to go to my brethren, he says. And you need to tell them that this is the place. And in this place, this is where they're going to see me. Brothers and sisters, on April the 12th of the year 2020, what do we need to see? What do we need to re-experience? What do we need to re-encounter to allow the Easter message to prevail in our life? If we do not come to that point of accountability, if we do not come to that place today, right now, if we do not understand not only that Christ saved us, but why Christ saved us, we're going to live the rest of our lives with a huge emptiness because there's not going to be any purpose of Easter other than in the year of 2020 of April the 12th. When April 13th comes, Easter's over with. 
All the costumes are put away. All of the Easter eggs are put away. All the candy has been eaten. The, the Easter lunch has been consumed. All of these things are come and gone. But if we don't truly understand what, what Easter, what the resurrection of Christ means to us, then we're missing half of the joy of being Christians. It's not just celebrating the resurrection, but it's living the celebration of the resurrection in our lives each and every day. Where is your heart today? Christians, non-Christians, is Christ the Lord and Savior of your life? As Sister Jill plays this beautiful song, do, do we find ourselves at our altars in our homes or here at the church? Where are we finding the, maybe the altars of our heart? Maybe we can't kneel down. Maybe we can't, you know, put our bodies in a position, but we can bow our hearts before Him. We can praise Him and thank Him that, Lord Jesus, I thank You that You came, that You lived, that You died, that You rose again. But, Lord Jesus, that's not just enough for me anymore. The Easter celebration has changed my life forever. I'm not going to just cherish and relish in the moments of Easter on any given year, but I'm going to live the resurrection of my Savior every day, and I'm going to convey the gospel message. Is that not what the angel told Mary's to do? Is that not what Jesus told them to do? That they were to go and they were to convey that gospel message. And that is what Easter is all about. It's not about Easter eggs and it's not about family time. Because Easter egg hunts will end. And the time with our families on this world will end. Then what do we have left? Our loved ones have died and gone away. But yet, will we just remember memories? Or will we constantly live in this day and this time until we see Jesus again? Will we live in the presence of our salvation? As Sister Jill plays for just a few more seconds, whatever decision that we need to make today, this is for each of us here. Is it our heart? Is it our mind? What do we need to do? Will Christmas and will Easter and will Thanksgiving Will all of the holidays that we celebrate every year, will they be changed from this day forward? But the resurrected Christ not only lived, He lived for every one of us. Will you live for Him today? and pray that your heart has been blessed during this time and through this message and Miss Kristen is coming now to sing our final song for the service today and the title of the song is Hallelujah, Hallelujah Resurrection Day. Oh, 
Thank you, Ms. Kristen. That was absolutely beautiful. God bless you, and I want to thank each of you for being here today. And Sister Jill, thank you for coming once again. Brother Jonathan, thank you for being here, and each and every one of you. We're glad that you are here. Uh, we're looking forward to the time that when we will be back together uh, in the church house worshiping God. But just because we're not together doesn't mean that we're not together. We're just not physically together, but spiritually we're always with one another. And we're glad and we praise God for all the blessings that He gives to us. So let's take uh, just one last moment and let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for this time that we've had today gathered together in the house and the places of God. Lord, we thank You for the gospel message. We thank You for the resurrected Christ. We thank You for the message of the angel. We thank You, Lord, for the conveyance of the message that He says, Come look, the tomb is empty. But Father, Lord, as the tomb may have been empty, but at that moment our hearts became full. And Lord, we thank you that you have came, that you have lived, that you have died, that you have rose again. We thank you that you indwell in our minds and hearts every day. Help us to learn from this gospel message today. Help us to learn that what we do, we do for you. And as we step out on the appointments of life, as you have led our lives and our places to, that we are to go to convey the most beautiful and wonderful message, the good news that Jesus Christ is alive and saving souls today. Help us to reach the world. Help us to not be com, uh, confined, Father, by our homes or by our places that we uh, may go. But, Father, Lord, help us to live in the freedom of Jesus each and every day. So, Lord, just be with us, bless us, and enrich us, Lord, that we may be the blessing and enrichment to you. We love you and we thank you for everything. And for this day and for each and every day, we glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you and happy Easter.